listening to Refreshing the Soul podcast, where soul care is self-care. I'm your host, Shawanda Williams, and this month we are refreshing the ashamed soul. You know, shame goes a lot deeper than the feeling of being embarrassed. I always thought that shame was just about feeling bad about something you have done. And really, that's guilt. Guilt is when you feel bad about what you have done. But shame says, I am bad. Guilt says, what I did was wrong. Shame says, I am wrong. So shame has this unworthiness attached to its identity. It's the fear of disconnection. It's this place of, if people see this part of me, if they know this part of me, then I won't be worthy of connection. I won't be worthy of love or belonging. And, you know, last year I discovered I was carrying the weight of shame. And as I was reading the word and allowing Holy Spirit to deal with me in that place, I also researched and found Brene Brown. And she's a a researcher, she's known as a researcher on shame. And she says that those who have a strong sense of belonging, a sense of love, who believe that they are worthy of love, they're vulnerable. They don't pretend. They believe that they are enough and they practice gratitude and joy. And so in today's episode, I have the honor of sitting down with a woman that I believe is vulnerable. She lets herself be seen. She says, people are my currency. And she practices gratitude and lives up to her middle name, Joy. Yes, her name is Rachel Joy Barbeau. Rachel is the first female host on Sirius XM College Sports Nation. And she's a groundbreaking national sportscaster who made a huge pivot in 2016 to start the movement, Changing the Narrative. Rachel speaks to athletes, law enforcement, churches, schools, and corporations about taking back the headlines for good, showing them that they have the power to change the narrative and to find their purpose in life outside of their sport and everyday lives. With her podcast, I'm Changing the Narrative, her motivational speaking, and her Sunday Soul episodes, Rachel is breaking the ground of souls, helping to change their narrative, and living up to her middle name by spreading joy. Today, you guys are in for a real treat. Here's my conversation with Rachel Joy Barbo. Welcome to Refreshing the Soul podcast, Rachel. I'm honored to have you here. You, you are such a beautiful soul. I have followed you. Well, first, let me start off and say how I even met you. Okay. So, you know, this podcast is very new. I started it in January and God was very specific with me. Like this was his idea. And he pretty much told me the people who's going to be on this podcast, I'm going to give it to you and you're going to know who they are. And so for the first two months straight, I've done solo podcasts, which have been fine, but I was like, God, okay, who do you want? to be on this podcast. Am I missing you? I just want to make sure, you know, I'm still where you want me to be. Who would it, who is it? God reveal it yeah. to me. One day I'm going to a restaurant and the restaurant is, is full. So I decided to sit at, a, sit at the bar. 
yeah. sitting at the bar. This guy sits down beside me and we just started talking. I don't even know what got us into a conversation, but we just started talking and he said, I work in insurance. He was like, so what are you going to do? So you should open your own insurance business. And normally right here, I would just say, nah, you know, I don't think that's what I want to do. But I just felt led to say, God has not told me to do that. And I just feel like he has led me in a place where he wants me to grow my podcast. Yeah. And because I said that, and I was unashamed of Mm. even saying that freely, he said, you know, I believe in God too. His name is Pat Avery. <laughs> he, said, I work, he said, I work for, I guess he had the, he had on his virtual, yep. uh, what's it called? Virtual living, victorious living hat. Victorious living. victorious living. And I saw your post on the magazine cover and he was like, you have got to contact Rachel Barbo, message yeah. her and tell her that you want her on, you want her on your podcast. And I mean, he just spoke so highly of you. So I checked out your podcast. I'm changing the narrative. And after listening to like really one or two episodes, I was like, oh my gosh, this lady is amazing. (laughs) And literally like I was reading your ebook and I've heard you say this, that people is your currency. And for Pat Avery to, for God to divinely use people to connect us. I I just think that says a, a lot about you and about just connection, about mm-hmm. conversation, about mm-hmm. just sitting with people and talking, even with people we don't know, we just don't know how God has divinely connected us. So <laughs> you're the, I'm changing the narrative woman. You're I'm changing the narrative woman. Yeah. yeah. We can go into all of that. And I, I do want to talk about that. But who was Rachel Barbo before mm-hmm. I'm changing the narrative. Mm. Ooh, guys, that's a good question. It's a deep question. It's a good question. I am a deeply feeling, empathic, overjoyed, highly emotional, easily excitable, excited about flowers on a, you know, on a walkway and the laughter of children and a cute dog. I mean, you know, I, I say rarely does a day go by that I don't tear up over something. And my grandmother called them happy tears. She'd say, you know, save those tears for happy tears when I was crying over a boy. And so I've always been somebody who loved being in front of people, loved speaking, loved sharing. And, you know, it bubbles up like my, my joy and it's my middle name. It's real, really my middle name. People are like, Oh, is that, is that real? Or is that a fake? And I'm like, no, no, my uncle, you know, my uncle Michael and my mom named me that in the hospital. And, and, you know, so I always knew I was going to do something of that nature. And being in front of people. And then I was a sportscaster for for 17 years. And, and I never was trying to break barriers. I was just, you know, trying to make it in the world. And But I ended up becoming the first female host on, on Sirius XM on their college channels. I voted for the Heisman for six years. I still do. I hosted the college football playoff for the first five years of its existence. But now it's funny. Like, that was a life that was just a few years ago. But it's, it almost seems so foreign now because it's not what I do anymore. In 2016, I created this movement because God made me a do-something girl. Mm-hmm. And I saw a problem in college athletics where, where it was kind of it bleeds, it leads. If you got in the headlines, you had done something bad. There were guys getting in trouble for sexual assault, domestic violence, all sorts of things. It was bad. Coaches, players, you know, it was bad. And I, I just thought, what if I could teach people 
they could change a narrative of their own life. They could change a narrative of the news cycle. They could they could trend for something positive. You don't have to get the headlines for being for doing something negative. And so it originated in 2016 as Purpose Passion Platform, my own experience with domestic violence. And then from there, it catapulted to 40 plus schools. We work with Border Patrol, law enforcement, prison ministry, getting into that with the magazine Victorious Living. And we work with the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Northern Sun. It's just getting bigger and bigger because God's got his hand on it. And so now it encompasses purpose, passion, platform, mental health, self-care, interpersonal relationships, and this idea of being a king or queen every day of your life. And I say king or queen or royal because we want to include everybody. And we say now it's for age six to 96. It's not just for college athletes anymore. It's for every single person out there to understand that you were born for greatness. It's not about you. And you were born to leave a legacy. Wow. (laughs) And listen, that just, first of all, when I hear changing the narrative, it already, it it grasps me in my heart because refreshing the soul, it's really built upon these three stages that God gave me. And one is to be honest, two is to find the root and three is to uproot it. And so when we talk about changing the narrative, it is, you're literally, it's taking out what is not right. Mm -hmm. And change toward what God says about you. And each month, like I've said, we take whatever that topic is and we deal with what's going on in your soul. Let's be honest about it. And let's change that narrative because really it is really in our minds what that causes us to be, the way we think, the way we see ourselves. And, you know, this month, I really want to to hone in on refreshing the ashamed soul, the mm-hmm. person that feels shame. And one thing that God led me to was how Eve in the garden, she, her and Adam, the first thing they felt when they disobeyed God and ate that fruit was shame. It wasn't fear. Shame came on them. And right before that, it said that Eve was convinced that the fruit was good. She was convinced by what the lie the enemy told her. So mm-hmm. it is in our convincer, it's in our knower, it's in our narrative, it's what we tell ourselves, is what is how we see ourselves, is what we truly believe. And so for us to change or to come to a place where we no longer feel shame or we're no longer dealing with those heavy things in our soul, we do have to change the thing that we are convinced of. We do have to change the story that we are convinced of. So I just want to ask you with changing the narrative, how do we change that narrative? Like, what are the things that we put in place to change it? I love it. It begins with a deep fundamental sense of who you are, right? So, you know, I am a believer, right? Like I am sold out believer. The program is not inherently a Christian program because I go into schools and colleges all over the country, but, but I'm a believer, right? And so even, even if I don't say the word God in a school, you know what I'm teaching, you know, you know, you you get it. You're picking up what I'm putting down out there, but where it starts is the fact that is to be able to look in the mirror. And I, and I teach this, I say, no matter what you believe, the same creator that created the Andes and Kilimanjaro, all the wonders of the world, thought there needed to be a Shawanda too, thought there needed to be a Rachel, thought there needed to be a Paul and a Jacob and a genie and a Sam. Mm-hmm. And no one else in the world can create, could have created, I'm changing the narrative like I've created it as uniquely as I have. So there's something that you were created for. There's something. some, And when you begin to look at yourself like a miracle, like a wonder, 
And like a king or a queen is women, we, you start to straighten the crown. You're like, oh, and it's not like an ego crown. It's right. a, I'm worth it crown. I love myself. I value myself. And so when you do that, you naturally, I'm just speaking to women for a minute, you naturally create standards and boundaries by which you let people treat you. Like when I look at myself as a queen, I'm like, that relationship does not honor me, does not honor God, or that this is not working for me, that this crosses my boundaries, this doesn't make me feel good, this doesn't serve me. So you naturally create these standards and boundaries and people fall away from you, right? And so I think to start to change a narrative is really this first, this first, one of the things we do, it's very powerful. I'm going to give you an example here. So we do a mirror exercise. So say this is your mirror at the, at the end of the day, right? right? And you look in the mirror and you say, you take stock of your day from point A to point Z. Did I get up at the time that I said I was going to? Did I work out? Did I take care of myself? Did I eat right? Did I keep my word to my boss? Was I mean to the lady crossing the street? Did I flip somebody a bird in traffic? You know, whatever it is, did I, did I do it? And if there's something at the end of the day that you're not proud of, fix it, yeah. fix it. In a world that's all about us, 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 I talk about and preach accountability. I remember a couple of years back, Shawanda, I was talking to a person at this 401k company when I worked at this radio station in Atlanta, and I was short with him. And I hung up the phone, and for two days after that, I felt terrible. And so I called back up there, and it was a company in New York, and I said, can I speak to Sam? And the guy was like, ma'am, we have like 400 people on this floor. I'm like, can you find Sam? And he was like, okay. So he hung up, you know, he puts the phone down. He comes back, like, I swear, like 10 minutes later. And this guy was on the phone that I talked to two days before. And I said, my name is Rachel. You talked to me two days ago. And I said, I, I just want to, I'm sorry for the way that I treated you. You did not deserve that. And he got real quiet on the other end of the line. He said, he said, thank you. No one ever calls back. Wow. And it's just the way I try to live my life. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to be perfect. Well, what I try to tell people is when you mess up, fix it. Life is precious and it's short. And you don't know. I don't know when I go to the nail shop later on, if I'm, you know, if I get in a wreck and, and go to heaven, you know, and I know where I'm going. And so I don't know. And so I want to live my life and I live my life in such a way that every day when I lay my head on the pillow, there aren't things that, that I've got outstanding. There aren't people that I've hurt. There aren't things that that I haven't fixed, that I haven't addressed, that I haven't done my best at. I lay my head on the pillow at night knowing I've done my very best. With I have this saying, do the best you can with what you have to the best of your ability. Look for somebody to help and then rest. It came up during the pandemic. Do the best you can with what you have to the best of your ability. Look for somebody to help and then rest. If you apply that every single day of your life, that's a life worth living. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I mean, you said, you said a mouthful and it, I mean, do the best that you can. Like, you know, it's so funny. I've been trying to install that into my daughter because I grew up under a very straight family and I grew up not feeling that I was enough or felt like I was doing enough. And so with my daughter, I've had to be very intentional to not put that on her. I just, and I just asked her, like, did you do the best that you could? And she said, yes, yes. then you're good. You're good. And, I, and good. I just, I love that you said that because, you know, that can be very heavy and weighty on people's soul. And yes. it causes us to believe that we're not enough. Yes. And what I hear from you right now, you're, for you to deal with all the things <laughs> so that you can rest at night, you are unashamed 
you are you are okay with doing the things that's uncomfortable. And I know there are people who are listening and saying, gosh, I wish I could just do that and be that. But sometimes it's hard when in my soul, I just, you know, I may have said something wrong and I'm afraid to go back and apologize. Like I want to help and deal with the people who it's hard for them to sleep at night, knowing that they got things in their soul, knowing that there, there are things that they need to Fix. Yes, that, that need to be fixed. So was there a time where you weren't like this? Was there oh, a time yes. this was hard? Okay. So oh, yes, yes. And and what it was truly, let's talk about it from a faith perspective. I was away from God. Mm-hmm. I had accepted God in you know, church camp. And I remember it was one of those situations where I like, had my fingers on the pew, like white knuckling, like I'm not going down, I'm not going down as supernaturally, you know, I glide down the so I, I knew God. But because of daddy issues, I would say, and brokenness and some deep childhood wounds, I think, I think the enemy, I know actually the enemy, he knows what our wounds are. He knows the messages he knows. So say you're, you worry about money all the time and and you're, you're, you're worried about money. He's going to constantly get in your ear about scarcity and money. And it's going to go over and over and over again, because he knows, he knows the things that wind you up and that you're worried about the most and that you fear. So for me, you know, the enemy knew, knew I had daddy issues and knew I had these wounds. And so I go out into the world and I love Jesus, but I, because of my brokenness, I went my own way, yeah. you know, I got into addiction and just lived a life that was not, you know, did not make God proud, did not make my family proud. And it was in secret. You talk about shame. It was in secret. And then finally I rededicated my life at 29 and it was right before that the Lord gave me a vision. And he was like, you know, you're, you're like a, a fast moving train going down a track the, the wrong way. And you're going to either kill yourself, kill somebody else, kill, you know, break your family's heart, end up in prison. And he was like, I love you, you know, come back to me. And I rededicated my life and he changed my life completely. Wow. So I know what it feels like to live shameful. Mm-hmm. I know what it, I know what it feels like to be all about yourself and to have secret sin. And, you know, so many of us are dealing with secret sin, whether it's fornication you know, sex before marriage, which world says is completely fine, whether it's pornography, whatever it may be, right? You're, you're cheating, whatever that may be. Well, a lot of us are dealing that that's been legitimized and normalized wow. by our society. Don't even get me preaching on that. So yeah, I've been there before. Yeah. And what changed for me was God, God, you know, when I, when I rededicated my life, he, he said, wow, he helped me to see what a, what a value and a treasure and a miracle I was. And so I began to view myself like that. And then I began to view my story as this, as, as, as an opportunity to rise back up in Jesus's name and, and have a story. So you either get bitter or you get better, bitter or better, bitter or better. And I've been a victim of a lot of things in my life. I've been drugged across the house by my hair, by somebody who claimed to love me. I've lost both my parents at separate times within, within five years of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I have every reason in my life to be bitter, but I just choose to be better. And God has taken these stories of absolute heartbreak and devastation and he's turned them into something beautiful. Wow. 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 So I, I just hear, you know, relationship with God. That yeah. is what matters. We have to have a relationship with God. We have to allow his, him to love on us. Yes. To know that we are loved by him. And then we have a choice. Like we actually have the choice to choose better. And regardless of how we feel, 
there's the feeling, but our feelings are fickle. And just knowing that in those moments when we feel like we can't rise up, we can actually choose to rise. And I thank you for that because I believe that there are people who there's something that you just said and they said, oh my God, that's me. Porn, that's me. Addiction, that's me. Or even whether you were molested or were in a domestic violence. Yeah. Yeah. And we just want to say to those people right now, like, you have a choice. And if you, if you're feeling like it's weighing you down, then maybe there's still rooms in your heart that you need to allow God to love on you there, Mm -hmm. allow his love to like saturate you in that, in that place. But that's beautiful. Like when I follow you and I see you on Instagram and listen to your podcast, you know, the words that come to mind, I put free, joy, vulnerable, unashamed, passionate. I just, I love that. Like you, you are, you're not ashamed to show your joy or your pain. I heard you speaking about that joy and pain. Sometimes we want people just to see us in the bright light, but to be able to be authentic with where you're at right now, that's actually one of the things that I've learned that when it comes to shame, Brene Brown, she's like a researcher of shame. Yeah, love her. Yeah. When I discovered I had shame last year, I found her because I'm like, Lord, what's going on with me? Why do I keep having this negative talk? Like, what is this? Why can't I get rid of this? And I heard the word shame. And one of the things that she said that all I saw was you when she Mm -hmm. said this, but she said that, and I'm trying to find it here where I wrote it down, she talked about vulnerability Mm -hmm. and how we have connection as a result of authenticity, where we allow ourselves to be seen and we are willing to let go of what we think people need to see us as. And that's what I see with you. Like you are unashamed, you are vulnerable, you let yourself be seen. And I I feel like people relate and can connect with you in that way, because if they're dealing with shame or they're dealing with a place where they're, they're hiding. They don't feel like they can be vulnerable. It's something about seeing freedom in a person. Yes. It's attractive. And, you know, I just want to, con- you know, encourage you to keep being you, keep doing what you're doing just by the, your presence of showing up in that way is free. It is freeing people. It can free people. And I know that you post lots of, you know, messages showing yeah. you're touching yeah. lives just by your posts. Well, and thank you so much for saying that. And, you know, I think I want, okay, a couple of things. I want your audience to know this. First of all, we talked about this a moment ago. If you've got an amends you need to make and you find it hard to, to make it, yeah. oftentimes the hardest thing to do is to forgive somebody who's never asked for forgiveness. Yeah. But let me tell you something, the blessing is, for, it's, it's, it, it'll free you. Oh, yeah. And secondly, I've had so many athletes and non-athletes over the years say, you inspired, I say kings and queens do hard things. That means offering forgiveness. Sometimes it's to yourself, asking for forgiveness, telling somebody you're sorry for hurting them. I had one of my kings, this story gets me to this day. He said, you said kings do hard things, Rachel. He said, so after the meeting, I picked up the phone. I called my deadbeat dad. And I told him I forgave him. And he said, I didn't want to be anything like him, but I recognized that I was turning into, into him in some ways. And he said, he said, when I forgave him, 
he said, I just felt like a two-ton weight was lifted off my chest and I can now be the man that I was created to be. And I told his coach, I told coaches all over, or leaders or whoever it is, mamas, daddies, I say, don't you think he practiced better, played freer, you know, you work better, you love better. When you get these things, it's like, we call it funky junk in the movement. It just weighs you down or just wear on you and weigh you down. And so I would just want to say to somebody, you know, you don't even have to make it a grand production. You could just send a message and just say, hey, I just want to tell you, I had another player, he sent me screenshots. He said, I cheated on my ex-girlfriend. I'm in a happy relationship now, but back then I was a cheater. Wow. And he said, you inspire me. And he sent her a message, it showed me, and it said, hey, I, I met this lady. She inspired me to reach out to you. I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. I was not a king. I cheated on you. I know you know it. I hurt you and your son, and I'm sorry. And she said back to him, thank you. I didn't necessarily, you know, I didn't know I needed that, but thank you. I wish you the best. I wish you best. And like, it was freeing. They didn't want, you know, they weren't trying to get back together. It was just, he wanted to right his wrongs. And so I would say to people, Shawanda is just, even if it's, I mean, send a damn carrier pigeon, you know, like write it in the sky. Like you could send an email. You don't have to meet the person face to face. You just send a message and just say, Three, you can use three, three words. I am sorry, you know, like, you you know, or I'm sorry I hurt you or I'm a different person or, and sometimes that person is ourself. And so I, I just, I did want to say that. And I also wanted to say, to remind people that you draw more people to you with your imperfections than you ever did with your perfections. Yeah. My brokenness has drawn more people to me. And, and I have people that I consider when I see them in real life, like, you know, after this COVID and everything, I'll hug them. And like, and, but like, I have people that message me and they're like, I love you. Like, I genuinely love you. Like, thank you. Like, I consider you like, a, you know, the, a dear friend of mine. And I'm like, and I consider you a dear friend, you know, like people have prayed for me, you know, when I was down and out after I lost my mom, it almost took my own life. And, you know, and, and I showed those things. I showed those broken moments and it drew people to me in a way that my top of the mountain moments, my success moments never will. And so now people genuinely cheer for me because they've seen me on the floor. They've seen me broken and they're, they're, they're with me in the celebration in the mountaintop because they've seen me in the valleys. That makes sense? Yes, of course. And I, it goes back to, I just think about Jesus, the simple conversation and meeting people where they're at. A lot of people are at that low place. And sometimes we can preach and talk and rebuke and say all these things of where we, they need to be. And I genuinely believe people want to be whole, people want to be better, but it's just seeing someone else there. It gives them permission to feel and be where they're at, but also have hope to get there. I believe that what stifles and stunts a lot of people's growth and journey to wholeness is feeling that they're never going to get there because they feel like they should already be there. But to see someone where they're at, to relate to that feeling, that's why I say that your vulnerability is setting people free because it gives people permission to not be okay. It gives people permission to cry. It gives people permission to be in pain yeah. To also know that there's still another side to this that doesn't make me who I am. I don't have to be identified by this moment that, that I have. I don't have to be identified by this feeling that I'm having. But we just need to, it's just seeing that, it's hearing that. So I definitely understand what you're saying. And I love you too, man. This is just <laughs> a beautiful soul. And I'm so thankful that God connected us together. 
for this conversation. We need more conversation. Yeah, we will have more conversation. And I want to keep, you know, encouraging and leading, you know, amazing godly guests with great stories to you. And I'm already doing that. You know, we've already had connections and I can't wait to come back on and tell the rest of the story because God's working a wonder and a miracle in my life right now. And he's working wonders and miracles in my whole life, but he's given me, I'm walking to a season right now that I can't quite talk about yet, but I will be able to soon. This got such a beautiful testimony. And I just want everybody to remember the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. And, you know, we all in some way or another, a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter in our lives, and we go away from God and think that we can do it our own way. And we end up in a pigsty. We end up penniless. And in our human brain, we can never compute. We can never compute his love for us. So we think we're going to work behind the house. We think we're going to be mucking the stalls. And little did we know, you know, that we come up over the hill and there he is. And he's got a robe and a ring. Yes. And he's got a, you know, he's fattened a calf and, and he's got a party and, and the scripture says all of heaven celebrated. And I'm just like, happy tears, but I'm just like, what? Like, but that's how much he loves us. Right. And so I just, you know, I want to encourage anybody that, that feels far away that he's not going to rant, 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 rant. When you come back, he just wants to love on you. And all of heaven is going to celebrate you. When you come back, he's got a robe and a ring for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And he saw, and that father saw the son from a distance. Yes. No matter how far you are or where you're at, he sees you even where you're at. And he ran to him. So <laughs> it's not like you got to get to this place to be connected with him or to feel accepted by him. Guys, like the fact that you even turned around, the fact yeah. that you made a decision in your heart, I'm there. I'm there. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. Woo. Hey girl, we just went to church. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, I love that. Well, at the end of every episode, Rachel, I always end with confessions for the soul. And I just want to hear some of your confessions that our audience can take with them and that they can speak over their life. Yeah. So one of the things that we talk about in the movement, I talk about personally and, and apply to my life is the inner dialogue that we have in our head. And, you know, oftentimes we, we would never speak out loud, Shawanda, the way that we speak to ourselves, Mm -hmm. meaning oftentimes the way we speak to ourselves is so foul and so nasty. We'd never say it to another human being, but inside of our heads, we'll call ourselves stupid. We'll call ourselves fat. We'll tell, we'll call ourselves, you know, we're not qualified. We're a loser. We're a failure. Nobody likes us. We're rejected. And definitely it's messages from the enemy. And so what I what I just want to encourage people and what I do is I wake up, you know, when my eyes open, I just thank God, you know, I thank God for another day when I ask him to use me and I just tell him over and over again, how much I love him. And, you know, it's a love affair. It's not religion. It's, it's definitely a love affair, but I claim over my life, God, you know, it's you send me here. I am. You send me. I'm whole. I'm loved. I'm a miracle. I'm healing. And here's the other one. For the, to the rest of my days, if I die tomorrow or 50 years from now, I will forever be under construction. I'm a queen under construction. I'm always seeking healing, knowledge, growth, learning, all of it. I'm reading all of it. And so I just ask God, I'm like, you know, my mom used to say, and she's in heaven now, and I can't even imagine what that is, you know? And, 
but she used to say no more stinking thinking. You know, she'd say, don't give the devil his due. When you say I'm sick, I'm depressed, I'm broke. I'm done. You were the devil loves it. He and his, all his demons or they're just, you know, they're laughing, right? Like I hyenas, but I say I'm healed. I'm a whole, I'm a miracle. I'm a queen. I'm washed white as snow. I'm on the up and up. I'm the head, not the tail. You know, I mean, I just, I, I affirm myself. And so I just really want to encourage your listeners from the moment they get up to when they get in the bed at night, you know, and the other thing is, is anxiety and depression. I've been through it. I fight it myself. It'll tell you, you got to figure it out. Never in the Bible, not once in the Bible, does God say, figure it out. He says, trust me. And we we in our little human brains think we got to figure it out. And he's like, no, trust me. Trust me. So at night, I would just invite your listeners to give your funky junk to God. Give it to him and let you sleep. Say, God, I'm going to do this in exchange. You take this and I, I'm going to sleep if that's okay. I'm going to rest because you gave us rest and you gave us sleep. So I would say just from the moment you get up to the moment you go to sleep, be affirming yourself in, in Christ. Don't do the stinking thinking. And then lastly, uh, two big ones that I've been focusing on lately. I've been talking to a ton of people. Tithing is so important. I'm kind of leading two new Christian friends that don't understand the principle of tithing. And I was telling them about it. And I said, it's your first 10%. God gave you that ability to be able to do it and make it. And she said, I'm going to take this 10%, first 10% check to church on Sunday. And, she, and I was like, girl, you just wait. God's going to show out in your life. So yeah, I would say tithing is, is another big one just to lean on, lean on him and, and watch him change your life. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so, so much, Rachel. Again, thank you for refreshing our souls. And just thank you for walking boldly in who you are and who God made you to be. You are surely a queen. You're God's princess. And I'm just honored. And I can't wait for us to talk again. Yes. Part two is going to be on fire, girl. (laughs) I can't wait. I I hope I'm going to have a part two with you, too. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. I, I love that. God is, he's, he's restoring. He's yes. restoring. Yes, so, he is. Thank you again. Thank okay. you. All right, you guys, that's the end of the episode in my conversation with Rachel Barbeau. Did you like that? Ah, oh, I enjoyed that. I was refreshed. I pray your souls were refreshed as well. One of the takeaways that I got was do the best you can with what you have to the best of your ability. Look for someone to help and rest. Mm, I love that word rest. Hey, if you are not following Rachel Barbeau, follow her now on Facebook, IG, Twitter, at Rachel Barbeau. You can also check out her podcast, I'm Changing the Narrative. It's awesome. It's with Chad doing. And if you you're just a YouTuber, go ahead and go to YouTube. She has Sunday Soul at four o'clock every single Sunday. She's just an awesome woman and a, a great person to follow to have on your social feed. I believe there's so many things that's, that we see in social media and their snapshots, their clips of what people want us to see. But when you look through Rachel's profile, I believe you will be refreshed with her honesty, with her vulnerability. I believe God wants us to grow more to a place that we are purely who he created us to be and not someone else. Know that if you are dealing with shame, if you're dealing with a place of not feeling enough, I encourage you 
to remember, do the best you can with what you have to the best of your ability. Look for someone to help and rest, rest. All right, don't forget to rate, subscribe, even leave a comment about this episode, you guys. Until next time, bye-bye.